Welcome to Romero Records Podcast. Today we have on Erica Haskett. How's it going, Erica? Going pretty good. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, so yeah, I've actually been pretty interested on in bringing you on just because I, I knew who you were, like I, I met you, but um, didn't know who you were. So <laughs> right. it's, it's good to actually have people on who like I've seen them before and interacted with them before. Just because, like, we have experiences, like, you've been to um, the art bazaars, and yep. um, I've seen you, like, the work that you've done. I, I'm subscribed to your emails and stuff like oh, that. Oh, cool. So, Thanks. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nice when, like, I've had some interaction with people and their work because I know, like, I kind of know what you're up to. Right. So I I can be curious about like you know what you're doing like where you're going from there and stuff like that, but I guess we'll start with like everything that you do. Like I know you do photos, but that's yep. about it. Like well, actually I know you paint, right? Yep. So which I guess which one are you really pushing the most, or are you trying to do like a fifty fifty? Trying to do 50-50. Okay. Um, people always ask me that. They love to ask me which is my favorite, photography or painting. I don't have a favorite. Yeah. If I had a favorite, I would just be going after one of them. I love them both equally for very different reasons. So trying to do them both. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And like I do a lot of stuff. So it gets really confusing to people for me. Oh, yeah. I do uh, photography, videography, and then I also do music. And I do like all parts of music. Like I rap and I make beats and I engineer people. So they're like, what do you do? <laughs> but I think it's funny because like, you know, when we're kids, everybody asks you like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Right. Well, I think a better question is, what do you want to do when you grow up? Because you can do whatever you want to. Like, you know, this is America and we That's have true. so much technology nowadays. It makes it easy to just learn whatever you want to do. So That's um, true. how'd you get into uh, painting in? Well, let's go. Let's let's stick with one first. Like, how'd you get into painting? So I got into painting um, when I was in high school. I started working at Paint a Piece in Germantown. Okay. Um, my junior year of high school, I think. And that was really kind of my first step into painting. It was pottery painting, which I still do just for me. And I would like to add that onto the business at some point. But, um, you know, I already have too many uh, things cooking in the fire right now. Yeah. So that one's going to stay on the back burner, stay as a hobby for a minute. But that is how I got started was I started working there, um, started painting pottery and really fell in love with painting overall and knew that I wanted to continue learning about it and pursuing it and figure out where painting could take me. So do you like currently live in Germantown and you like went to high school there or you've moved? Or nope. I grew up in Carryville actually and okay. I live downtown now. Okay. See, I'm yeah. actually from, just to give you some info about me, I'm actually from Alabama and nice. I moved here in 2019. So cool. like that, I live in Cordova, but mm -hmm. like I spend most of my time obviously either here or I uh, I work in Memphis at uh, Owens Corning. So nice. like that Collierville, um, Germantown area is just like a blur to me. Like it's all just like one thing. So <laughs> I don't really, I'm not familiar with that area. Do you, do you really like the area or is it um, the better things are like uh, the Memphis area or somewhere else? Um, I think as far as like my favorite areas of town, Carryville is not one of them. Okay. <laughs> to be honest, um, 
it's probably just because, you know, I grew up out there, like, spent all my time out there. Mm. There's not really crap to do in Carneyville, okay. to be honest. Um, everything closes at, like, 9. It's very... I don't know. I just feel like everything and everyone is under a microscope in Carryville. It's very much so that suburban, like, you know, you know what your neighbors are up to. Uh, Everyone's nosy type shit. It's kind of how I felt growing up. And I was like, this is not fun, guys. Like, mind your own <laughs> business. Like, why do you care what's happening? So, I don't know. I still don't really care for Carryville that much. Um, Germantown, I actually enjoy a decent bit more. Um I think if I had to pick somewhere to live besides downtown, Germantown and East Memphis are probably up there for okay. me. So, yeah. And is that because of just, you know, that aspect of, you know, people aren't always on top of you or like trying to get in your business or is it just because the uh, the culture, the environment, stuff like that? I think the culture and the environment. I feel like Germantown is, it's the suburbs. It's, it's kind of, it's similar to Carnival in that, you know, you think of Germantown and East Memphis, you think of people that have money and all of that. Um, and people in Carville definitely have money, but people in Germantown and East Memphis are far less snooty, I feel mm. like. Carville is, I don't know, they just, they think they're the shit out in Carville. <laughs> and Germantown and East Memphis just don't give me that vibe at all. They're like, yeah, we have money, but we're just chilling. Like, you need help with something, we're going to help you with something. Like, what's going on? Let's do fundraisers. Let's hang out. Carrieville is like, no, I'm not helping you do anything. Figure your own stuff out. I know everything that you're doing, and I don't agree <laughs> with any of it, so I'm not supporting any of it. And you're just like, why? <laughs> now, I, I was curious about that because of, like, it's it's cool meeting creatives in their, like, I'm not going to say you're in your prime, but, like, when you're actually – you know, succeeding at what you're doing. You've got stuff out. You're, you're putting stuff out instead of like me knowing you when you were in high school, you know what right. I mean? Cause like people who probably knew you in high school, they're like, Oh, Erica paints, you know, Oh, Erica does this. She takes photos. So yeah. it's, it's kind of, it's kind of neat not knowing you from back then because I've got no preconception of who you used to be. I just know yeah. you as now. So do people, are people weirded out by what you do? Like, or did it seem like you would always do something like that? Um, I don't really know. I didn't really have very many friends in okay. high school, so don't really have much of a basis to go off of with that. I was pretty introverted. Um, there was a lot of family drama going on in high school, so that kind of kept me in my shell a little bit more. Um, and even in college, too, I was kind of more in my shell. It's been since I entered my 20s. Um, I'm 25 now, so the last five years, I feel like I've really finally like come into myself and it's been really fun and it's always an adventure every day every week every month I feel like I'm learning new things about myself about what I want to do who I am as a person and every time I look back on anything like anything I could look I could scroll through my camera roll right now and look at stuff that I was doing two weeks ago in Chicago and be like I'm not even the same person anymore <laughs> what is this like what is happening so I just had on uh, Ben Brown uh, the other day and um, we were we were talking about that I, he was talking about he wants to travel and I was like word of advice take as many photos and videos as you can he, he does photography he works for a yeah. uh, uh, shoot what's the name of it I think it's like Prince something photography or media or something like that okay. but um, yeah I, I was just telling him I was like make sure you document everything because you're going to look back 
and see like, you know, as you said, looking through your camera roll or whatever on your phone and just be like, oh, I remember that. Oh, I remember that. But if you don't like whatever's in your head is all you got. So I would definitely suggest that. Um, As a person who does photography, do you do that? Do you document a lot of stuff or do you just kind of, that's a nice photo. I'm going to take that photo. I feel like I document a lot of stuff. There are 60 or 70,000 pictures on my phone. Oh, dang. (laughs) Which is ridiculous. There's like 90, I think it's 92,000 in Lightroom. Oh, wow. Um, So yeah, what you see online on my website, that's, that's nothing. That's literally nothing. That doesn't even scratch the surface of things that I take photos and videos of and paint and all of that. Um, it's honestly overwhelming. It overwhelms me on a daily basis that I have done so many things and have not shared that many things. <laughs> um, I'm trying to figure out how to like come up with a better system for that because like I was in Chicago two weeks ago and I was at the Art Institute for like five hours one day and Mm. it literally blew my mind and I don't even know where to begin like how to begin to tell people about that experience how to like show you all the art that I saw and like how it affected me how it influenced me um I literally walked out of the art institute and was like well I'm a different person now (laughs) And, like, where do I go from here? Like, I came back home and spent a day or two just kind of sitting around, like, just with tears of joy in my eyes at all the art that I just saw, like, all the amazing pieces, pieces that I've always wanted to see or just, you know, like, read in textbooks when I was in college. I'm like, I saw that shit. Like, it was (laughs) right there. And I did the same thing in New York in October. I took myself to New York for eight days for my 25th birthday. And... Saw Starry Nights at the MoMA Mm. and Dolly's Persistence of Time and Monet's Water Lilies. And, like, they're just breathtaking and incredible. And I have no idea what to do with that information. I have no idea what to do with what I saw. Still in shock. And that's the hard part about photography and art in general is how do you share the experience? Like, it's, it's really difficult. Exactly. It is really difficult. And I keep thinking about like ways that I could do it. I'm like, I could make a reel and just like go through a bunch of the works that I saw and like all the pictures that I took from the works and all of that. But I'm like, I don't even know if that does it justice. Like, what am I going to do? Just be like, here, come to come to the art institute in Chicago with me for a day. Like, it's not good enough for me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because like, which the crazy thing is, you're definitely overthinking it and all people in art yes. overthink it because like we understand the the breakdown of it. We understand like every aspect of it. So it can be overwhelming to think about like, okay, I have to show somebody this photo, but they need to understand what ISO this was taken at. What, what was the shutter speed? Like they need to understand all this, but really the average person doesn't care. Like they just, is this a good photo? Yes or no? Like they, they don't really grasp the concept of how much work it took to make that a beautiful thing. So when people who are creative and they're trying to share, they, they just overthink the aspect of letting people know, like, you know, what this thing is, but just the simplest thing of just literally just posting the photo. (laughs) I know. People would like it. It's so it's so simple, yet it's such a dang challenge yeah. all the time, especially when 
Um, you know, I go from the Art Institute to like two days later, I was photographing an Indian wedding. I'm like, okay, cool. The Art Institute is like already irrelevant. Now I'm having a whole <laughs> cultural experience at this Indian wedding. Like what is happening? And then two days later, I'm announcing pay what you can photo shoots online. I'm like, cool. I need to roll with that for a minute. Cause like, I'm trying to get people to book these and like, you know, the Art Institute is still just like slowly falling back and it's just never going to end up getting shared. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, based on the fact that I haven't told anyone anything about the MoMA or the Met in New York, I don't I don't know if anyone's going to ever hear about the Art Institute, but I want them to. I just, yeah, overthinking. Yeah, yeah. Overthinking. I'm a, I'm a great, great overthinker. <laughs> it gets me... It gets me places sometimes, but not really. Yeah, yeah. And you got to work on that. You could, you know, share that right there, just the overthinking process. You could share, like, you know, uh, I wanted to post this, but I was overthinking, you know, like, you know, the angles I was taking these photos and what people would think about this specific photo and why I like this uh, mm-hmm. piece of art and stuff like that. So, I mean, that's yeah. that's what you could share with people because there's a million people that are just like you. Like, <laughs> I know there are so crazy. I really kind of just want to get back to, in a lot of ways, just the early Instagram days, just posting mm. There are no captions. I tell you nothing. It's just out there. I didn't even remember. They didn't have captions at first. I uh, I don't know. They might have. But I don't uh, like. I don't think it was a big deal back then. Like it I know wasn't. That they tried you would to- just get on Instagram and you would just post one square picture <laughs> with one crappy Instagram filter, which actually they still have. They still have every last one of those Instagram filters. <laughs> I was talking to my friend Erica um, the other day about that, um, just about like the original Instagram. I don't know how we got on that topic, but we were anyway, we were having a great text conversation about it. And I was like, I wonder if those Instagram filters are still there. And so I got on there and I started scrolling. Like I went like I was going to post a picture and sure enough, every last one Mm. of them is there. That Nashville filter is on there. (laughs) Um, I remember that. Right? And so I was like, they still have some of the OG Instagram things on here. And nobody probably really even realizes that or knows about it. Yeah. But yeah, the old Instagram days of just getting on there and posting one square picture with a crappy filter and then moving (laughs) on with your life. I miss those days. They were so simple and fun. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy what Instagram has turned into. And then... The fact that I think the CEO of Instagram basically said, we're not a photo sharing app anymore. We we have migrated into something else. And it's no secret that they're just trying to keep people away from TikTok with the whole Reels thing. So I don't know. Like, I, do, you, do you think that, you know, there's pros and cons to what Instagram has turned into? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, pros would be that, you know, it's, you can run a business through Instagram now. You can yeah. find clients through Instagram. You can sell things through Instagram. Um, you can build communities through Instagram. Um, you can do a lot of things through it. But the downside of that is that we're all having to become content creators instead of artists. So it's definitely taking away from that. And I keep watching videos every time the CEO of Instagram um uploads a video or whatever about Mm -hmm. like new things that are coming 
they're trying to help creators. They're trying to keep it more like based on that. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what ends up happening with that. Because I, I mean, they like they know who the audience is. They know what we as artists and creators want online. Mm. But of course, they're trying to keep it with the mainstream. Trying to compete with TikTok yeah. and Snapchat and whoever else. Um, the Snapchat thing was hilarious when they stole the stories. Oh, thing. that was like the best day of my life. I was like, <laughs> Snapchat is now completely irrelevant. I never gave a crap about Snapchat yeah. to begin with. When they came out with Instagram stories, I was like, oh, good. My life is simplified. Let me just go on ahead and delete Snapchat because I didn't really like this anyway and trying to get like very specific yeah. people to be my friends on Snapchat. I did not like that. I still don't like it. <laughs> I, I'm so I'm 29, but mm-hmm. I do feel like Snapchat is for like younger people, yeah. um, which I believe their audience grabs um, the younger audience. Because so let's see. I think I was like, I want to say I was close to 20 when it first came out. I might have been 19. I'm not sure, but. Um, when when that was going on, like I used it a little bit and then um after a while I was just like, I don't I don't really care to be on here. Like I'm I'm not really getting the benefit of what it can do for me. So I'm just like, well, I'll just pass. So my main things have been Facebook and Instagram and I'm big into sports and that's all I use Twitter for because like reporters are on there. Yeah. So they just give me updates instantly. So that's that's really what twitter was meant for that is what twitter was meant for um i i'm like you facebook and instagram are my main two i do have a snapchat and i do use it daily to talk to a couple people one of them is my not blood related little sister but little sister because her parents are kind of helicopter parents and we can talk on snapchat and have the chats you know disappear and all of that and her Uh parents can't read her texts and stuff so for that reason, <laughs> I will keep Snapchat because that is very relevant. And when she got one, she was super excited. She was like, we can actually like talk about stuff, Erica. And I was like, I was like, dang, I was ready to delete this app, kid. I was like, but all right, all right. For you, I'll keep it. For you, I'll keep it. Just, yeah, Snapchat me when you have problems, when you have questions, when you just want to talk and, you know, don't want your parents to maybe potentially read your text messages. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I could care less about Snapchat, and I would like for it to not be <laughs> on my phone, to be quite frank. But got to keep it for for the one person, you know. It's important. It's relevant. I feel where she's coming from. So yeah, I'll Snapchat her every day. Now, the fact that you do art, you might find this a relevant one. Tumblr. Do you use that? I actually don't, and okay. I never really have. Okay. Um, I feel like when I first got on Instagram is kind of when I learned about Tumblr mm-hmm. and I looked into it or looked at it a couple times, but just didn't really, I don't know, grasp what yeah. was going on or understand it. So I never did anything with it. So it's it's basically just like Instagram, but there's more of a... Um, blog aspect to it right which i feel like instagram was really like a blog type thing when it was first created but um yeah tumblr's more of a like it's more community based like yeah. uh, you'll notice that like you can repost on on uh, tumblr 
So you don't need like on Instagram, you need like a, a separate app. It's like repost or something kind of app to, to do that. But yeah. Tumblr is built in. It's kind of like Twitter. You just, you know, retweet, you know, with Tumblr, you repost. But um, yeah, you'll see a lot of pages reposting each other. So it's it's really like community based. But uh, yeah, I mean, you post a photo, you can post, I think you can post like GIFs. I don't know if you can post... You might be able to post actual videos and stuff like that, but probably um, can. If you can't post videos on Tumblr, then they're behind the times. Yeah, they are. But yeah, I mean, it's a it's a great it's a great tool. I mean, they use hashtags. They um, they have a lot of stuff. The main thing I use that for is food. Like they yeah. people, you can um, post a link, so you can. Um, if you need to look up like recipes or stuff like that, you can type in, if your favorite food is, um, asparagus, you can look up recipes on asparagus and people will, like post all the food they made. And then you just, you just click the link. That's why I wish Instagram had was links like yes. in, in the, in the caption or something like that. Yes. That they, would put Tumblr off to me. Yeah. They definitely, there are so many features that I wish Instagram had. Links is definitely one of them. Um, trying to think what else I wish they had. I wish you could, I wish you didn't have to crop pictures. Like when you go to post oh. super wide pictures yeah, yeah. or super long pictures, that's annoying. Video is um, even worse because, yeah. so, you know, I make music videos for people. I'll send them the video, like a Dropbox link. They'll download it to their phone. And when they post it on Instagram, they always post the wrong size because it's already cropped in and they forget to widen it out. So yep. their video looks like crap. And I'm just like, well, looks like I just did a crap job. So Right. <laughs> and then, yeah, it destroys the quality. Well, Instagram doesn't destroy the quality that much. Facebook oh my God. destroys <laughs> every everything. Yeah. I just do not understand. You can post the same picture. You can have it reshare from Instagram to Facebook. Quality trash garbage it does yeah. not make sense it looks like facebook is 10 years behind the digital age i just don't yeah. understand that they really really need to fix that yeah and i don't know if it's just because they have so much content but like i mean youtube is the king of content as far as like file sizes yeah so i don't understand why facebook can't keep up with that i mean the the bulk of their posts are i would just say the wordage because i mean you can you can't do that on Instagram. You can't just yeah. type words and post it. But I would I would bet that's the majority of what Facebook is, is either a picture and, and words or it's just words. So it's yeah. not like they're overloaded on, on content. I don't know. No. Yeah, I don't know either. It's very weird. Every time I get on Facebook. And now Facebook has reels now too, like Instagram. Oh, yeah. And the reels look garbage really yes the quality is so terrible <laughs> it is so bad i really do not get it every time i see a reel on facebook i'm like what happened yeah like what did you guys do when you were processing <laughs> this to post it like i don't understand like if you're i don't know i feel like if they weren't equipped to make the videos be high quality then they should have held off on putting them on facebook to begin mm. with but that's maybe just me coming from a from an artist standpoint, from a photographer standpoint, looking at it and being like, this this sucks. Like yeah. you should not do this yet if you weren't ready for it. And I think the funny thing is the fact that Facebook owns Instagram. Like and those two apps will have features mm -hmm. that the other one doesn't. And it's like, 
the other one would be much better if you incorporated that feature. Like links. Like you can add a link to something on Facebook and you can't do it on Instagram. And that you're right. That would be so much more <laughs> beneficial on Instagram than on Facebook, probably. But they they might be doing that just so you'll keep both. Like you might probably. have a reason to not have an Instagram if Instagram if if Facebook had all the features that Instagram had. And then vice versa. You might not need a Facebook if if Instagram had all the features of Facebook, so they might want to keep those separate just to keep you on both platforms. So definitely possible. I feel like they have so many of the same features, though. I can't. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of hard for me to see the differences between the two, other than on Facebook, you can write a whole ass book yeah, for yeah. a caption, and you yeah. can't do that on Instagram. And then the link sharing. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I mean, Facebook has... Um, Just hitting share. You can hit a share button. But like, you know, yeah. you can like direct message people like uh, sharing a post. You yeah. can do that. But just letting people see it on your feed, you can't do that on Instagram. So yeah. unless you do have that repost app or whatever. That's true. I guess there are a lot of differences between the two. I never really thought about that. And also just the the like instead of the heart is just like a, a like button. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's pretty funny. I, I wonder what made them do you know what made them do the heart? I don't know. I, I mean no I'm trying idea. to think about the old Instagram. I'm pretty sure it was still a heart. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That's that's kinda weird that they <laughs> that they yeah. um, collaborated a heart with a like. I don't know. Yeah, that's it kinda is kinda weird. weird. So I think they I think I think originally all they had was the like and then the comment. Yeah. So and could you tag people originally? Probably not. I don't know. I don't think they had direct messages initially either. No, I don't that think was they did. a that was a way later feature yeah, as well. Yeah. That's pretty cool that they um like being like us being the age that we are and seeing the evolution of Instagram has been crazy. I think to me the worst thing they added but this is just me and how I use it is the um, the shop, like how you can like buy stuff on there. Yeah. I don't use that at all. I'm never going to. Well, I say, never say never, but right. it's, it's just not something I find useful. Um, if I'm going to look for stuff to buy, I'm going to go on Amazon or just go directly to the site. I'm not going to go on Instagram to buy something. So Yeah, that's true. I never use the shop feature either. That is a bit irrelevant. And then how they moved those key buttons to the top like to to create a post and stuff that used to be at the bottom yeah but i don't know they i guess they and then like the shop button i think is like the very middle or it's like a reel or something i think reels is the very middle button i think shop is to the is the button to the left beside home maybe yeah home shop reels search and then your profile i think is what it is but the thing is you know if you're listening to this right now and you're like, what are they talking about? You might be running the old version. You can- <laughs> yes, there are literally 9 million different versions of Instagram. <laughs> I haven't been able to see likes like when I'm scrolling on my home feed for like three years. What? Yeah, and I know people that they, they've been able to see likes the whole time. And I'm like, oh, oh cool. So you, so you see that my, like, that my post gets 30 likes sometimes. That's cool. That's great. Love that. Hmm. I didn't know that people could still see those. Those hit, likes have been irrelevant to me for a long time. That's crazy. Can so, you still see likes? Yeah, yeah. So do you just see um, a certain person like this, but it doesn't tell you the number of likes? 
Right. So if I were to see your post on Instagram and like we have someone mutual that yeah. follows us, it would show me that one person. So it would say, I don't know, I'll just throw Katie out there. You know Katie, right? Katie Hoops, maybe? I know of her, but I don't know her. Okay, cool. So let's say we both I'll follow her. Out. It'll say Katie Hoops or whatever her tag is, and others liked this post. That's all it says. And it doesn't tell you the number. Nope. I can click on others and see who else liked it, but mm-hmm. it still doesn't show me like, oh, 57 people liked this post. It doesn't, I see no numbers on Instagram. I think that is a feature you can turn on and off because I have friends on Maybe. Instagram that they're like that. Like when I look at their posts specifically, it doesn't tell me how many, but other posts I see, it does. That's interesting. So I think it's a feature you have to turn on and off. Huh. Well, then one day Instagram just turned it on for me and I didn't know that I could ever change it. There are also like different types of profiles that you can have within Instagram, right? There's a regular profile. I think there's a business profile and then there's a creator's profile. Yeah. So those three are going to have different features as well. I'm pretty Mm. sure I have a business profile. So that might make my features different from if you just have a regular like personal profile too. Yeah. So I should look into those settings though, because yeah. I feel like someone has told me that before that you can turn it on and off, and I've just been like, "No, you can't. <laughs> Maybe you can. I don't know. I wasn't ever given the option. I just one day couldn't see likes anymore, and I was like, "Yeah, we're progressing. Let's take away the number metric because it doesn't matter." And then, yeah, people randomly tell me. Or I see my profile on someone else's phone, like my little sister or something. Mm. And I'm like, you can see how many likes I got? And she's like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, great. Good. Glad to know that that's still out there for so many people. I thought that disappeared like years ago. Yeah. Literally years ago. That's funny. Um, so weird. So going on that uh, concept, let's go into like the business aspect of it. Right. Um, I remember when they came out and they were talking about completely getting getting rid of likes because they just wanted it to be like, you know, um, I think it was like a self-esteem type thing. They didn't want people to have depression because they didn't get enough likes. Yeah, I mean, because it's a comparison thing for sure. Yeah. I love and have loved for the past couple of years that I haven't been able to see likes. I don't compare myself to anyone. Correct. I Not on that level anyway. I'm not like, oh, my best friend posted this picture of us from Chicago and she got 100 likes and I posted it and got 50 likes. This sucks. Like, she's more popular <laughs> than me. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't ever think about any of that stuff. I yeah. don't see any of the numbers and I love that. Yeah. It's crazy to me that... Every that most people still see the numbers because I remember that conversation, and then not long after that conversation, my likes went away, and I was mm. like, "This is progress! Like this is so good that we can't see these numbers anymore." Yeah. Well, I know. I, I want to say it was Nicki Minaj. Mm-hmm. She got really upset about it because you know Nicki Minaj. Yeah. But um, <laughs> she was saying she had a good point though. She was saying this is a part of my business. Um, other like companies seeing how popular I am. And so I can benefit off of that because I, they can use, you know, me as a content creator. And I was right. like, okay, okay. Solid point. That is but, a solid point. But I still like the fact that 
you know, nobody's comparing each other. You know, we, you just post and, you know, people, I think it would be great because now you're forcing people to do either comment or share. That's your only two options. Or save. Yeah, or save. Which Which is apparently the best thing to do now out of anything else, which I do not get at all because I save things that I love, that inspire me, whatever else. I rarely go back and actually look at them, to be honest. So I'm not sure why that's now the highest metric to getting your post places. I don't don't understand that because no one ever really looks at them. And it's not like... You can go on my profile and see all the things that I've saved. So how does that like promote anything, get me anywhere? I don't understand why that's the number one thing now. <laughs> Same. And, you know, so I do um, a lot of saving for like fitness stuff. Right. Because if I need to go back and look at like an exercise or mm-hmm. I follow a lot of like uh, therapy posts, like people who are uh, showing you like how to massage like your arms or your back or like a, a muscle that's hurting. Right. So uh, those are the things that I save. I save stuff like that all the time. But again, unless I need it, I'm not going to go back and look at it because right. number one, I could um, just go to that person's page and be like, oh, what was that post that they posted a while back? And then I, that's how I would do it. And then I forget that you can even save stuff sometimes. And I'm like, really? oh, yeah, I can I save that. So I, I just go back. But, yeah, it's it's weird. That's their highest metric of uh content saving it's weird yeah see i save a decent number of things and i'll go back and scroll through it every now and then it's kind of like you know taking pictures on my phone or like screenshotting stuff i'm like oh this is this is gonna be relevant right (laughs) it's gonna like i like this i'm gonna reshare this at some point but right now i'm talking about something else on instagram so let me not sidetrack it and throw in a quote over here that I just found that I really like. So let me save it and I'll share it later. And I literally never share it later. (laughs) It doesn't happen. I'll go back every now and then and scroll through things that I've saved and like be re-inspired by some stuff. But ultimately I'm like, there's just, there's just a lot of different stuff over here and they're not sorted into categories. They were at one point and then I just started putting everything under the inspiration folder because I was mm. like, truth be truth be told, if I'm saving anything, is because I found some inspiration in it. So yeah. I'm just going to put it all under one thing. And, you know, now that's just a jumble of <laughs> of all types of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So for for you personally, with with your business and everything, mm-hmm. do you use, like, Insta- uh, Instagram as, like, your portfolio? Or are you like, nope, everybody, go to my website. My Instagram is just a thing that I do. Go to my website to see my stuff. Um, Since I updated my website about a month ago, I would say my website is definitely more so my portfolio just because I struggle in some ways being consistent on Instagram with mm. posts. I can do stories all day long because that's easy. That's what I'm doing in the moment. Yeah. Like, just hang out with me today and we're going to make some stuff. I'm going to tell you about some stuff. But making actual posts um, to me requires more thought than it should. Yeah. (laughs) So um, I will plan content out. I'm trying to get better at like, like planning stuff out, like writing captions, like doing all that stuff ahead of time. Mm. And then like scheduling posts, which Instagram doesn't like you to do um, because they want you to be on the app and interacting Mm. and all that stuff when you post. But 
of course, for me, I'm like, well, if I don't do this, it's never going to happen because yeah. I run around doing 9 million different things all the time. So trying to get better at that. Um, but honestly, Instagram sees like hardly anything that I do. And it's really kind of crazy when I think about it because I'm like, I feel like I'm on here telling you guys so many things. And then I look back through Lightroom, my camera roll, <laughs> you know, my life in general. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know anything. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll have people randomly tell me, they're like, I know what you're up to. I see you on Instagram. I'm like, that still does not tell you (laughs) anything that I'm doing. Like, that is the most irrelevant statement I have ever heard in my life. That you, like, to pretend to act like you know me based on Instagram. Like, you know certain things. Yeah. And that's it. You know, like, a tiny sliver of what goes on. And that is it. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people feel like because they follow you on social media or they're friends with you on a Facebook or follow you on Twitter, whatever it is, they feel like, oh, I know you now. Like, it's it's okay for me to um, talk to you any way I want because, you know, I see what goes on in your life. And I think I was, God, what was that? I don't know if it was a podcast I was listening to or what, but somebody was talking about how, like, people will come up to like celebrities and whatnot, just like talking to them, like they know them, but it's like, you have to remember they're famous, not you. So everybody knows who they are. Nobody knows who you are. If you don't don't do anything like very popular or whatever. So you can't just treat them like, you know, y'all been friends just because you know who they are. Like there's still a boundary there. Definitely. Definitely. Um, I mean, you can, I feel like you can get, you can definitely get to know someone online. You can definitely Mm -hmm. get to know someone through Instagram. I just don't like when people assume that they know, like, you know, every little thing about me. Like I'll talk to friends from, you know, the past or whatever. And they're like, oh yeah, like I know who you are still. And I'm like, no, you really don't. Like you might've been following me on Instagram for a year now, but that does not mean that you like really truly deeply know me you know the things about me that i am sharing that i am allowing you to know about me that doesn't mean that you overall know exactly who i am as a person (laughs) yeah yeah and it's unfortunate that you have to explain that to people like people feel entitled to you know your life because like hey where's that content that you know i oh i heard you were in chicago like where's where's the videos where are the photos and stuff like that right. so it's it's kind of weird it is weird it's weird i mean i've done that with other people too right like you know i see them on instagram and like then we become friends and like you know we start hanging out in person and stuff and i'm like huh you like you're you're different than like how i thought you would be or like how you are online and they're like yeah so are you and i'm like <laughs> you're right like cuz i don't cuss on instagram and i cuss in real life and <laughs> like you know i i don't want to i mean i'm not trying to like present any sort of front i just yeah. don't i just don't cuss online like yeah. i don't know that's just that's not something that i've ever done so when like you meet me in person like you might be having a kind of experience like that right now where you're like, oh, I've known, like like you said, like you've seen me on yeah, Instagram, yeah. like you know me from Instagram, and now we're sitting here talking, like I'm probably a little bit different than what you expected on some level. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's very interesting to, to take things from online into real life um, or even the other way around sometimes oh, too yeah, yeah. to be like, okay, I know you – in person and like 
you like yeah no like how you act online is not how you actually are yeah yeah it's really it, very interesting rarely is that a positive thing going from in person to online is is usually a negative connotation and i think it's the opposite for from online to in person i think it's usually positive cuz yeah. I feel like online to in person kind of just like opens the door more. Like meeting yeah. someone online, you're like, cool. Like I saw your profile. I saw like all these certain things about you. Like I know you love color. I know this about you. I know that about you. Okay, cool. Now we get to talking in real life. And like, you know, that was just the introduction. Yeah, like yeah. here's the rest of you. Whereas when you know someone in person and then you see them online, Sometimes it's kind of like, okay, I know all of the things about you. I know that you do not have your shit together, <laughs> like, at all over here, yet you're online, like, going viral and stuff, and everyone thinks that, like, you're the shit, and I'm looking at you like, but you're really not, bro. Like, I love you, <laughs> but you really kind of don't have it together. Like, you are is putting on a show online, and it's really, really crazy to see. Yeah, and that's why, like... So something I started doing was uh, to make sure that I don't give off that kind of perception was, you know, I've got a a seven That's Sony a seven three. That's mm -hmm. my camera. Wonderful camera. Shoots great videos, great photos. But something that I started doing was posting only stuff on my phone because that way, you know, people know I can post great content like right. uh, quality, but I'm like, let me just use my phone because that shows people number one. I'm doing stuff in the moment. Like I'm yeah. just on my phone. And then number two, it shows I don't care about my image. Like I don't care about making sure I've got top quality stuff. I just want right. to get stuff out to y'all. So like um, I like just talking on Instagram and just like giving people uh, inspiration or giving them a good quote to hear or something right. like that. So I just been doing it on my phone, just recording myself, putting on the front facing camera and doing that instead of, you know, doing some top notch quality, you know, video and having a nice backdrop. And all. I'm like, no, let me just do it on my phone. Yeah. That's part of just being real online. Just the, there's, um, from a business perspective, and I think it's kind of maybe true in real life in general, just for everyone. Um, you want people to get to know you, to mm -hmm. like you, and to trust you online. Yep. So doing stuff like that, like just the real in-the-moment stuff, the, hey, this is me. My hair is in a bun. I have not brushed <laughs> my teeth yet today, but I just found something really cool, and I want to show you guys real quick. Like that, that type of content is definitely just as relevant as the – like you said, super sharp, super planned out video that you, you know, shot on your camera. Yeah. It's all relevant. Um, it's just such a balance to <laughs> to have them both going at the same time to be yeah. like, this is really me and this is really what's happening. Also, here's the good stuff, the content that like you were really here for, I think, or maybe you're here for both. I don't really know. Yeah. Everyone is different. Yeah. So um, a couple of strategies that I really like what you do, you know, talking about strategies and how you post, um, you do the pay what you can. And then you've also yep. done, was it the sunflower yep. of photo shoots? And I think you've done one more, like a certain specific type of thing. Um, it might, it might just be those two that I'm thinking of, but like what, what made you think about those types of things? Those are, those are, those are good strategies. Right. So, um, honestly, both of those just really stem from things that I love and that I'm passionate about. 
Um, Sunflowers have had my heart since 2017 when I was in London, actually. Um, I was on a study abroad trip with my college, and I saw, I went to the National Gallery in London, and I saw Van Gogh's sunflower painting in person, and I had literally the most sublime experience of my life. Like, you know how in movies when, like, when a certain scene happens, the main character is just, like, drawn into something and, like, all the noise fades from around them. Like, the camera zooms in on exactly what they have going on. Like, that that happened to me in real life. Mm. I, um, I was in the National Gallery. I was moving, you know, through the paintings. How I move through museums is I'm going to look at every single painting. Okay. Which is why it's going to take me, like, a whole last day <laughs> in a museum. Like, I forewarn people. I don't go to museums with people either. Um, I've gone to a museum with, um, I went with my friend Erica when I was in New York because the Met in New York could, I could literally go to New York and spend an entire week up there and just go to the Met every single day. Is this the Met Gala? Like where they have those big parties? Okay. Yeah. So it's the Metropolitan Museum of, I think it's of New York. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Metropolitan Museum of New York. It is massive. There is so much stuff in there. It is overwhelming in a good way. Okay. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's the only museum that I've gone into with another person um, and been like, you know, like we're together, we're in this museum, we're moving through it together, like we're hanging out, we came to the museum together. Normally I go to museums by myself for the reason that I am going to take my sweet ass time and like no one else really is. <laughs> Um, or I just, I feel bad knowing that, you know, like my friend that like does like art has been, you know, sitting in this one room with me for 20 minutes. She's already looked at everything. She doesn't care. She's ready to move on. And I'm still like slowly making my way through. Um, trying to figure out where I was going with this story now. It's got very sidetracked. Museum. (laughs) Looking at things. Oh, sunflowers. We're, oh, yeah. we're circling back to the sunflower memes. Okay, so I um, I walked into the room that had Van Gogh's in it. That was my first time seeing any Van Gogh pieces. I'd always wanted to. I was super excited. Everyone was huddled around this one painting, um, but I still took my time. Like I went around the room. I was like, I don't know what's going on over there yet, and I'm, I'm very intrigued. I want to know what everyone's mm. gathered around, but I'm not going to just go straight for that because... I don't know, that'd be a disgrace. That'd be a dishonor to all the other pieces that are in the museum. Like, they have certain pieces in certain places. Like, it's very strategic how they lay out museums. Um, So, anyway, I walked around everything. I finally got over to that. I was in the crowd. Still didn't know what the hell I was supposed to be seeing. Um, But, you know, people kept, like, when there's a crowd around a painting, people, it just kind of keeps moving forward because everyone's going to see it for a second, take a picture of it, and then bail. Mm -hmm. Like, they're just going to... They're like, oh, cool, that's what that is. Cool, I'm done. It's a wrap, whatever. So all of a sudden, I was just moving up with the crowd. It's kind of like, like, what are we about to see? Like, There are people from all over the world speaking all different languages around me. I don't have anyone to talk to. I don't know what's going on. And then the people in front of me parted ways, and I was dead center with Van Gogh's sunflowers. Mm-hmm. And all the noise faded. Everything disappeared. I was just like completely transformed. I was like, holy shit, 
I want to be a painter. <laughs> like that was that was that like super like deciding moment for me. I was like, I'm going to do some shit like this. Mm. This is insane to me what is happening. I read the plaque. I don't know how long I was standing there before someone started tapping me on the shoulder. And it took me, they tapped me on the shoulder probably like three or four times and like <laughs> said something. But I was so in the zone that I did not hear them. And then I finally like came out of it. And they're like, excuse me, can we take a picture? Can you move? And I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, yeah, my bad. And then they literally, they did what everyone else does. They snapped the picture and they walked away. And I was kind of mad about it for a minute because I was like, I was having the most sublime moment. And all you wanted to do was take a picture without my head in it. Like, oh, really? Like, I hate this day and age. <laughs> I was like, why are we all in here with cameras and shit? Like, why is that all we're doing? Like, you're just taking a picture and moving on. Like, that's not what you're supposed to do in here. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that was like the deciding moment for me that sunflowers were insane. They're mm. the most magical things ever. I came back home and the next year um, when the sunflowers bloomed, I found myself in the sunflower fields for the first time. And I was like, this is my place mm. like this is it this is amazing so i knew from like from then on that you know sunflowers are magical that i wanted to do all types of photo shoots in them that i wanted to get creative have fun in them um so that's where the sunflower minis came from um very specifically the sunflower picture where i <laughs> am topless in the sunflowers that was just a random idea that I had one day, because mm. um, sunflowers are very freeing to me. They're very beautiful. I was, my sister and my mom came over to the sunflower fields with me, the ones that are at the Agri Center. Mm. And I don't know, it was like midday. It was a cloudy day. There was no one around. There was nothing happening. And I was just, I was just running through the sunflowers. I was just living my best life. And I was like, oh, this is so freeing. They're so beautiful. And then I was like, you know, I have an idea. And so, you know, my sister being my sister, I was like, hey, I'm going to take my shirt off and I'm going to I'm gonna pull the sunflowers over and you're going to take a picture. And she was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And my mom was like, my mom was like, I'm not a part of this. And she like walked the other direction. I was like, hi, right, bye, mom. And I was like, you good? You, you understand the objective? We don't want to see anything. Sunflowers are covering everything. Let's do this. Um, so we did it, and um, I posted it online, and it kind of went viral, mm. and it was very strange to me, because I thought that it was just funny. Yeah, like, yeah. that was, I was like, I'm free, look at the sunflowers, and then, of course, everyone took it sexually, and yeah, I was yeah. like... Of course. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like, I guess I should have seen that coming, but that was definitely not the intention behind this. Um but just how empowering and freeing I felt doing that. I was like, I wonder if other people want to do this mm. and would do this with me. So this past year, I opened that up and had a couple of my friends come out and do it with me. And it was so much fun. It was so much fun. Everyone left feeling a little more free, a little more empowered. Um, so those are definitely going to continue happening and then the pay what you can photo shoots, um, I started that when the pandemic hit, actually. Um, mm. I was just launching my business officially, um, and, you know, the world was shut down. But I still, you know, felt like people 
you know, needed to get pictures made, wanted to get pictures made. Like, the world was shut down, but life was still happening. Yeah. So, and, you know, everyone, no one knew what was going on money-wise. Like, everything was just all over the place. So, I had the idea to give back to the community as I was launching my business and do pay-what-you-can photo shoots. So, that has been something that's been really fun the past couple years. Um, I'm excited that it's happening again this year. I'm going to do it every year. Forevermore. Do you do it at um, a certain time or multiple times? How often do you do it? So it's once a year. It's one day a year, and there are time slots. Okay. Um, so last year I did it in June, I think. Um, there's no like set month that it's going to happen. It's it's just whenever I don't know. Whenever I have the free time, I'm like, cool. Let's do this real quick, Memphis. Yeah. Let's we're going to run this again. Um, so last year was in June. Um, this year it's going to be April 7th. And this year is going to be different than the past two years because I have rented a space for them. So they're going to be studio sessions, but they're still very much so customizable to whatever people need. So, And I've enlisted two other photographers to help me as well mm. so that we can give back even more. So okay. instead of there just being... 10 time slots because it's just me doing it. There's 30 time slots because wow. there's two other photographers yeah. doing it as well. Um, so they're going to be at the Emerge building um, in downtown Memphis on Thursday, April 7th. Um, the time slots, they're 45 minute time slots start like at the top of every hour. So 11, 12, 1, 2, all the way until 8 p.m. And each of us are, each of the photographers are setting up a different little like installation, a little station. Mm. So we're going to have two that are full of flowers um, and one that has some really cute chairs and is kind of more geared towards like branding or headshots or whatever. Um, so it's going to be really, really fun. I'm really excited about it. Um, still have plenty of spots open for it. And. That's, Everything is just fun. That's pretty cool. Um, I think there's something to be said about people like you who are trying to involve like a community, like get, getting other people involved in what you're doing, because yes. that's something that I strive to do. Like um, when Ben was here yesterday, he was like, how, how can I help you and support you in your business? And I was like, um, you can use downstairs for photo shoots whenever you want. He was like, oh, okay, cool. But you know, like, how can I help you? I was like, that's helping me. Because if you're bringing people into my building and they right. see my space and they see, you know, what I'm doing, that helps me. You know, that's advertisement right there. Yeah, um, definitely. That's something that I think a lot of people uh, don't understand is how huge your, number one, your name is. <laughs> and yeah. then number two, like, uh, just the marketing in general. Um, yes. It's it's something that is really hard to describe to musicians because they're like, oh, I suck because I don't get this many plays on Spotify or nobody's buying my album. I'm just like, go to Walmart and walk up to a random person and be like, do you know me? That's going to tell you right there how what why your music isn't doing well because people just know like the the top mainstream musicians aren't as great as probably somebody who's been performing on Bill Street. Right. But people just know who that top mainstream artist is, and that's why they play their music. Right. So, same thing for art. If you're a photographer, people probably aren't buying your photos or like you know trying to hire you to do their photo shoots. They just don't know who you are. It's not because you aren't good. They right. just don't know who you are. 
Exactly. You just got to keep putting yourself out there in any way that you can. So the pay what you can photo shoots is definitely one way that I kind of put myself out there, um, bring in, like I said, I, I want to bring in as many people from the community as I can. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely going to keep expanding it because uh, when I told these other two photographers, um, Michelle and Kristen, that you know, like my idea and like what I wanted to do and that I was going to do it as pay what you can. They were like, pay what you can. That's a really smart idea. And I was like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I know it is. Cause like, cause everyone wants good professional pictures and everyone is entitled to them. Like yeah. I want you to have the best pictures that you can possibly have. I want to capture this moment for you. And Money shouldn't be a barrier. Yeah. And obviously, like, you know, I have to make, I'm trying to make a living from it. Yeah. But so I can't do this, you know, forevermore. This can't just be what my business motto is. <laughs> but doing it, you know, one day a year um, to just help people, help people get those pictures. Like, let's take pictures of your family. Let's get pictures of your kid. Yeah. Like, you know, your birthday is coming up. Let's go ahead and do a birthday shoot for you. Like. Yeah do whatever we can to capture this moment, this point in time, this point in your life, like, let's do it. Yeah. Money's not an issue to me. Money's yeah. not a barrier. Come hang out and let's get some pictures done. And then from that, I've had plenty of people that have, you know, booked me again later on or have, you know, kind of saved up. Or I have a couple people that I know are waiting for the pay what you can so have to come back around because they mm. still quite can't, can't quite afford it, which is, fine by me like i get it i understand um and i'm cool with that like if all you ever book me for is pay what you can for three years like you're gonna get to a point where you can afford a full session yeah yeah and when you get to that point you're gonna be as excited as i am that you can like you can actually do this now like yeah. you know you're finally in a good abundant financial place and you're like erica i've had all these ideas for years and it's you, like you've always helped me. You've done this stuff for the past couple years. And I've, you know, that's the only way that I've gotten good pictures of my kids. And now we're good. Yeah, like, yeah. let's do it. Like for every birthday, for every graduation, for every whatever, like you're the one. Yeah. And that's what you were talking about earlier, building that trust with yeah. with your with your fan base, and they feel comfortable with you because exactly. you're willing to go the extra mile to make sure they get you know what they want. I, th exactly. I think that's a phenomenal phenomenal idea because people, um, as you said, like they might not always have the ability to to pay what it costs to actually get a, a setup photo shoot, get the right lighting, get the right facility. You know all the equipment that you have to bring. Like yeah. they might not be able to afford that, but with the pay what you can, you know they're getting at least a a taste of what it's like to to have that kind of setup. Exactly. Um, something I did want to ask you is like when when you do those things, um, mm -hmm. how often does it turn into repeat clients, or is it just um, somebody who is waiting for that? You know, pay what you can. Um, so far, I would say, say maybe about 50% of them have turned into repeat clients, okay. um, which is really good. And like I said, the other couple, or maybe the other half, um, I know we're, they're kind of waiting around for pay what you can to come back around. Um, but like I said, that doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, yeah. Cause I'm like, I mean, I get it. You're still coming like, back. Yeah, exactly. You're still coming back. Like, you still know me. You still love me. Like, you're still, you know, you want to support me. You want to get your pictures taken again by me. And, 
you know, you're just still in college. You're mm. still on the struggle bus a little bit financially. Like, that's fine. Yeah. I get it. I have been there. It is not a big deal. Come hang out anyway. Yeah. Is it so. like a certain type of photo, like a certain setup, or do you just, you know, you mix it up? So this year, there's going to be, like I said, the three separate setups, but it's still very much so customizable. Like if people don't want pictures by my little flower installation thing, that's fine. That's not yeah. a big deal. Like if you want a birthday shoot, bring some balloons and a cake. That's fine. We have plenty of um, space within the Emerge building, within the, like it's a whole venue. Like they mm -hmm. do weddings here. Like I rent it out like a oh. venue. Yeah, it's a venue. So there's plenty of room to do whatever anyone wants or needs done. Um, so yeah, then come and you can do literally whatever. I am down for whatever. Um, the past couple years, it's been just at a specific location and it's been the same thing where it's like, cool, we're here. This is the space, families, couples, portraits, whatever. This is what we're doing here. So same okay. type thing, just indoors this time instead of outdoors because, I don't know, just thought I'd switch it up a little bit. <laughs> What's your favorite thing to shoot? I know uh, I had on um, Elias. Um, he likes to shoot animals. He's like, animals is my thing. Um, you might seen them as uh, creative reptiles on Instagram, but what is your favorite thing to shoot? Is it people? Is it uh, nature buildings? What do you like to do? So I really like all of it. Um, mm -hmm. it definitely started out as nature. Um, and nature still plays a huge, huge role in everything that I do. All of the colors of nature, sunsets, flowers. I'm so excited that flowers are blooming right now. I think I might go to the Dixon today and okay. hang out with all the tulips for a little bit. Um, started out with nature and then progressed to night shots, like long exposures, um, like the cool pictures I take of the bridge that always go viral. Um the lit up Stuff like Memphis that. Bridge? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and then it's progressed to people, and I have actually really, really enjoyed working with people. Okay. Um, I think people are a lot of fun. I think portraits um, might be my favorites. But I really don't know, because I really, it's all fun to me. Yeah. It's all it, fun. And uh, based off of how you're answering, I would assume you like outside portrait and yeah. like, like the sunflower thing instead of like in a studio where you just got light light and then all right stand still photo you know what I mean yeah I yeah I definitely am a nature person I love being outside um I definitely prefer natural lighting over studio lighting um but I'm trying to get better at studio lighting and I don't hate it by any means there's a lot that being in a controlled environment allows you but at the same time it can be boring it can be boring. Yeah. And just being out in nature, out in the world in general, you never know what you're going to stumble upon when you're out taking pictures that way. So that offers a little bit more of an adventure than being in a studio space. So we've talked about you know what's going on in your head, but now let's talk about uh, some physical stuff. Let's talk about your gear. What are you using? Uh, I use a Canon 5D Mark IV and a Sigma Art 35 uh, 1.4 mostly. Oh, okay. That's like my go-to 
camera setup at the moment. I want to invest in some more lenses. Um, I want to go mirrorless at some point for sure. Okay. Um, I've just, between like doing painting and photography, um, I have to kind of balance my funds between the two sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, oh, a new lens or some new paint. Yeah. I'm like, hmm. Dude, well, brushes the, can get up there. Brushes? Yeah. Yeah, they can. I actually, uh, my favorite set of brushes is from London. Cause really? I'm, yeah, cause I'm extra like that. <laughs> so, um, have you ever seen why so, I think it's why so expensive. Or it's something like that, but it's on YouTube, and mm-hmm. basically they explain to you why something is so ex- so expensive. And one of them was um, Rolls Royce, it was the the car. Mm-hmm. It was explaining why a Rolls Royce is so expensive. And they went to um, like a the place where they paint the Rolls Royce, and there's yeah. a guy who's got um, certain particular brushes. I think Rolls Royce is a um, British company. Yeah. But um he's got these very specific brushes with very specific hairs that they use on the brush. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember if he was saying you know the price of the brushes, but he was like detailing the side of the car because it's got like a little very fine pinstripe on it. And I was like, Yeah, that's exactly why that car is so expensive. You've got right. a guy who's got specific colors. Like I think you can create a color if you want. And he'll make it. Probably. And he's got, as I said, very specific brush. And he's like going very over Very specific it. techniques. Very I was like, dear God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a reason why everything is expensive. Why the prices are set the way that they're priced. Um, and sometimes you just have to take a step back and really like think about that. Really go, okay, like why does this photo shoot cost $200? And it's like, well... If I sit here and tell you everything that I do in one single day to run this business, <laughs> you would understand that $200 for that is honestly not shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's really not. If I tell you everything that I do in a given day to run the whole business, that barely that barely compensates anything, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. And that's why I usually like to tell artists, I'm like, look, um, so I was, I was charging $200 per hour for music videos. But I think I'm just going to go ahead and just like move to like their budget for the video because like with music videos, it could go way over what you expected and it could also be shorter because sometimes the artist might have an idea that you're like, okay, yeah, I think I know what they want. And then like it ends up being like way shorter than what they think or it could be way more extensive than they thought. So, uh, yeah, that's why I think I might just go into like, all right, I can customize packages for everyone. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I could do this for a blank amount of money. And then, you know, they're like, all right, they either agree to it or they don't. And then if they don't, then, you know, you'd be like, all right, if we take this out, this out and this out, then I could do it for this much because the whole per hour thing sometimes just doesn't work with photography and videography, maybe photography just because, um, like they're standing still, you know, you just do something you take a photo, but like, with videos is there's so much going on that you have so many external factors. Um, so what do you do? Like, is it just, you know, I, I think I could do it for this much. You work with a budget or do you have like a set price that you do? Right now I have set prices, but I still try to keep things flexible to work with people. Um, it's kind of a balance between the two. I, 
want to just have the set prices and just be like, nope, it's two hundred dollars if you can't afford it. Yeah, not my problem. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I'm just too um, I'm too much of a helpful person. Yeah. I I want to work with everyone that I can. I want to help you get whatever pictures you can. And if you don't have quite have the budget for it, I don't want to just turn you away. Yeah, you yeah. know. Um, so it's kind of a fine balance of this is the price, this is my value, this is like, and these are the reasons why, but also I feel you yeah, yeah. with maybe not being able to afford everything. So like, what can we, what can we work out? What can we compensate on? Or can we just do a payment plan? Like, mm. can you afford the $200 over the course of two months instead of all at once? Like, yeah. I'm down for that. That works with me. You're not going to get the pictures until everything is paid in full. But, you know, still willing to work with you yeah. and do whatever I can. So, And I think more people are inclined to actually make the payment after it's been done. Like, for videos, yeah. what I do is um, I agree. Like, I tell the people what I'm going to give them. And then I'm like, all right, I'm doing the video shoot. We're going to this place. Uh, this is what's going to happen. And I'm going to charge you this much. And then once they agree to it, then I shoot it. And they haven't paid a dime yet. And I shoot the whole video. And then I go home, I edit it. And then I send it to them like, hey, do you like it? If they like it, you know, if they want to make some changes, whatever. And then, and then I send them like a PayPal invoice. That's I, brave. I, it is. It's very. <laughs> but I do it that way just because if I think that, um, you know, just the agreement of, yep, this is what you're getting. So there's been times where I've done a video shoot and somebody wants to like completely change it. And I'm just like, look, this is what we agreed to. So this is what I'm going to give you. Do you send out contracts ahead of time at least? Nope. 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 You don't do any of that. You just you just dive off in there and <laughs> and make the stuff for people and just hope that they like you send it to them too ahead of time. Yeah, because if that if I want if they want changes, That's then crazy. I've gotta have I've gotta make the changes. So have you ever had a situation where they get the content from you and then just stop responding and don't ever do anything? Never had it. Huh. It's gonna happen one day. <laughs> For sure. It's gonna happen. But it's yeah. just it's just never happened. Interesting. Yeah. I would be scared to do that. I'd be like, I'm nope, sure. they're just gonna they're just gonna never pay me. I'm never gonna hear from them. They have their pictures, they're done, <laughs> it's a wrap. Not happening. Now I think pictures are different because they probably didn't invest a lot in the picture. But like a video, it's it's a lot of their time. Like how how long does the photo shoot usually last for you? Is it at least an hour, maybe? Um, it depends. I do mini sessions for twenty to thirty minutes, and then um, you know, weddings for eight to ten hours or okay. whatever. So it definitely varies. So videos minimum an hour, like yeah. at least. So if at a point, so let's say I had a three hour video, mm -hmm. at that point, it's wasting their time if they don't you know, invest back and actually pay for the video and stuff like that. But that's true. I also think that it's going to ruin um, the relationship. So let's say I do a great video. Mm -hmm. They get it and they just don't contact me back, don't pay me and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I just say, I, I can't work with you again. And that's how like credit works. Like you can, right. you can get a credit card with a $6,000 limit on it buy $6,000 worth of stuff and never pay it off. You can do that. You're, you're yep. free to do that. 
but you're going to destroy your credit and you can't buy anything else. (laughs) So that's, that's how I treat my business is you're more than welcome to book a $600 video and we shoot the whole thing. I send it to you and then you never talk to me again, but you're not going to get another video from me again until you pay off that video. So that's, I don't know. That's my concept of, (laughs) of how I do it. It's very interesting. That would make me very nervous. <laughs> I I require a deposit um, for everything just to to lock people in. Um, yeah, I mean, just feel like that protects me. And I send contracts for everything too. So yeah. even the pay what you can stuff, I send a contract for that for one of those sessions the other day. I'm like, there is still like this is pay what you can. This is very fun. There's still a contract. And this year I'm actually doing, I'm requiring a $75 deposit just because like I rented the space and because in the past I've had people not show up and I'm like, mm. dang, there were other people that could have used this slot and you just didn't show up. So yeah. requiring some sort of a deposit is like, cool. Is that your you minimum this basically? Money, what? 75? The, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's just for the pay what you can. For other sessions, um, for everything but weddings, I think I require a 50% deposit. Okay. Um, but again, it's it really depends on what the person needs, right? Yeah. Like if you're going to book me for a three-hour event and I'm going to charge you, I don't know, $600, like, you know, you don't have to pay $300 the day that you book me. Like if, yeah. you, if the event is in three months and you want to do $200 like, per month leading yeah. up to the event – that's cool. That's fine. As long as you put something down up front to lock you on on my calendar and all of that, we're good to go. Yeah. So. Do, do you feel like um, the the price that you charge, do mm-hmm. you feel like that is like your, your sweet spot or you feel like I uh, might need to come back a little bit more or do you feel like I think I'm ready to, to build it up, get it a little higher? So I just updated prices um, – Kind of, well, I guess kind of last month when I launched my rebrand and everything. Um, and since I did the whole rebrand, um, I think that the prices are definitely where they should be. I think okay. they're completely justifiable. I think they're in line with everything. Um, so, yeah, I'm feeling good about them. So how did right. that whole rebranding go? Like, I, I you know, I, I think I visited your website after you did that stuff. And you okay. did you change your Instagram name? Yep. You changed your Instagram name and I changed um, the Instagram name. I changed the whole business name. Yeah, I updated. Yeah. I redid my like whole website. Um oh, it was a lot. It was it was really good though. It was really necessary. Um I'm very happy with where everything is now. I feel like it's in a really good place. Um give me, you know, another two months and I won't like any of it. Um, because that's just how that's just how things have been progressing since I launched everything. It's like I feel great about something for a hot second, and then I'm like, "No, nah, I can do better. Like we can, we can make this better. This isn't quite what it needs to be. Like, scratch everything. Let's let's refresh this. Um, the overall re- like branding package that I did and everything is n- like it's there. That's solid. I feel good about that. That's gonna be there for years and years to come. Good. Um, but like my website will end up getting. Uh, redone again <laughs> at some point. Really? Why, why do you why do you want to redo it again? Um, well, right now I like it, but I just I don't know. Every now and then um, I look at things and I'm like, this isn't this isn't who I am anymore. This mm. isn't where I'm at anymore. Let me refresh things. Yeah, yeah. I was about so. to say a refresh. Yeah. 
Yeah, so um, it's good right now. There's already a couple things that I know I need to tweak on it, to be honest. <laughs> Every time I look at it, I'm like, I could fix that. I could change this little thing over here. Um, I mean, just when I launched the Pay What You Can photo shoots, I... I went on there and I made a whole page just for that nice. <laughs> so that people could, you know, sign up through my website. Um, so there's always something going on in the back end of the website. Um, I I look at the back end of it uh, kind of frequently, just like I do Instagram or anything else. Like, okay, how, like, what can I tweak? What can mm. I, what can I make better? Always looking for ways to improve everything. Um, so, yeah, the website is, is solid for now, yeah. but... I'll eventually not like it anymore and redo it again. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that that's, that's great for people to evaluate, you know, where, where they're at, because if you aren't, then you're not going to notice when like stuff just looks old. Like, um, yeah. I, I think when companies, um, have that pressure from their consumers of, you know, Hey, change this because it's been like this for forever, like Apple. So Apple, their iMac, I think had looked the same for like eight years or maybe more than that. And people were like, Hey, change the iMac. And, uh, I got the, the newer one right there, yeah. but, um, oh, they did change it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's completely different. And that thing is so light. Oh is my it? God. It's so light It's you could like lift it up like that. Yeah. Yeah. But the old one, it was, it had the same look for like, as I said, like eight years or more. People were like, Apple, what are you doing? Yeah, like, do something. Change it up a little bit. Give us something new. Yeah, yeah. And they, they do a pretty good job. I mean, they, they're they constantly changing the iPhone, which we all know that they only make like small increment changes just so you'll buy a new one. Yeah. Because it would be dumb for them to like make the perfect iPhone. And then it's like, why would I need to buy a new one next year when the one I have has all the features has everything except the camera on the next one it's just a little bit better which is relevant to certain people but not most people yeah I th so i started being like all apple in 2019 and um i think i'm going to get a new phone maybe like every three years because yeah. that's when like there's a huge jump i would say about three to four years is when it's like a considerable jump in technology. Right. I feel you on that. Um, I'm kind of in the same boat. My current iPhone is the 10s, and I've had that for, I think, three years. I'm ready for an upgrade now, I think, because, um, you know, they've come out with the wide angle on the iPhones. Um, now they have, like, the cinematic um, mode with the camera um, when taking videos and stuff, which is really good um i'm getting into videography so okay. things like that are relevant um so yeah i think it's i think it's about time i upgrade uh that just hasn't happened yet because i had to um upgrade my computer mm. so i did i upgraded my computer in november and before then <laughs> part of one part of the reason why things had been a little bit of a struggle for me with running my business when i launched it is because i launched my business on a late 2011 macbook pro oh wow that beautiful beautiful god bless that computer i still have it it's still running i'm still doing stuff on it um because i still have things on there that i need to do on it um honestly i need to uh take a bunch of things off of there like important files and things that i haven't moved over yeah, yet yeah. um but yeah i i had to upgrade the computer first so it's, it's what i was saying earlier about like you know 
balancing my funds between, you know, the different areas. I'm like, I want a new camera lens. I needed a new computer. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. that had to happen. I reached a point, and this is what I was waiting for. I reached a point on my other computer where I could not do what I needed to do. Lightroom mm. stopped syncing with Lightroom Mobile. Oh, dang. And I had, um, yeah, just finally, I mean, <laughs> that computer is like six or seven operating systems out of date. Yeah. Um, but everything still worked on it. And I was like, I mean, it takes me like nine million years to edit a session on here to do anything on here. And I'm aware of it and it's pissing me off. But like, I'm going to ride it out until, like, I have a really, like, very specific reason to upgrade. Um, and I was also waiting, too, for the latest MacBooks to come out. Like, I knew probably, like, this time last year, I was like, this computer is getting on up there. <laughs> like, I'm finally, like, really starting to see that, like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm trying to run a business now on this thing. And it's like... It's like it's like half ass happening. Yeah. Like I really need to fix this. But um, Apple comes out with new products every September or whatever. So I was like, yeah. I mean, we're gonna ride it out for a couple more months, and then when they launch their new computers, like that's what I'm gonna get. Um, so that's what I ended up doing. But oh, that other computer, it really, yeah, got to a point. It got when it stopped singing with Lightroom Mobile. I had just edited like four sessions on my mom's iPad. Mm. Um, and I essentially like lost all of that, all of those edits because they weren't then on my computer where I could export them to then yeah. deliver to the clients. I was like, I have them on mom's iPad and they're edited <laughs> and they're on my phone and they're edited, but I can't upload like the high res files and things like I need to do to deliver them to the clients. So yeah. I was like... Yeah, we've reached a point. That's crazy. I was like, we officially got to upgrade. Oh my gosh, I can't, I can't function anymore. <laughs> yeah. So when you when you make the decision to to jump and you're you're uh, using the new equipment, like, is that something that ends up speeding up your process, or do you you you're just making it more efficient to to do what you need to do? Um, both. I think the new computer has definitely sped up my process. Um. And it's definitely made things way more efficient. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been really good. I love my new computer. It's amazing. Um, I'm sure you know that probably has the M1 chip yeah, in yeah. it. That M1 chip is a is on a different freaking level. Yeah, it's crazy. I am super happy. I'm glad that I waited as long as I did so that I could make sure that I got the M1 chip because like. And what are you running? Uh, what do you mean? Like what what computer did you get? Oh, I got the um. Was it the Mac Mini? No, it's the MacBook Pro. It's oh, the, MacBook Pro. Okay. It's the latest one. I guess it's the 2021 MacBook Pro. Okay. Yeah. So it has the M1 Pro chip, I think. Okay. And it is. Yeah, yeah. It's on those, a different level. Those things are nice. Yeah, I, I definitely think that um, people need to evaluate that in their whatever business that they're doing. If you are dealing with computer technology, like. It's worth it to just spend the extra money and then get something that is going to work. Like, Oh, yeah. Totally, um, totally worth it. And for me, I've always been of the mindset of, 
you know, like so many people, and my brother was even telling me this, he was like, just, you know, just go ahead and like drop a grand and get like a 2018 version, like you'll be upgraded. And I was like, no, that's literally going to be a waste of my damn money. I don't <laughs> want a 2018 MacBook Pro. That's already three years out of date, bro. Like, yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm literally going to waste a grand if I do that on getting like a refurbished 2018 version. Like, why would I ever do that? Yeah. My mindset with things like that is if I'm going to drop the money on it, I'm going to drop the money on it. And yeah, I'm yeah. going to get the best thing that I can possibly get. I'm going to get the thing that I really want to get. Yeah. So I've never understood. Well, I kind of understand why people will just, you know, like they need to upgrade. And so they'll just, you know, spend a little bit of money now. But I'm like, in the long run, you wasted that money. Because if I had gotten a 2018 version, give it three years and that one would be out of date even yeah. further. Like yeah. that would stop updating software as well. Getting the 2021 version, knowing that the 2011 version lasted me 10 years, I'm like, I'm good for another 10. Yeah, yeah. Like, Period. I spent $2,500 on it or something like that. I think it was more than that with Apple Care and whatever else. But anyway, I'm like, that's that was a solid investment. When yeah, I got yeah. my camera, you know, that was a solid investment, spending that $2,500 on the body that I really, really wanted. Like, I didn't go a refurbished route. I didn't do any of that. Bought that shit straight from Canon. <laughs> I was like, this is it. We're going to be good for a while. I could have spent $1,500 on it and gotten it from someone that's already had it for three years, but... Yeah. I would have wasted my money because it probably would have crapped out on me by yeah. now. So, yeah. I get real nervous about buying um, used equipment. Like, so I bought a, um, I bought this, I have two uh, Sony A7Threes. I bought one from, I think, Amazon. And then the other one, I actually did buy it off eBay, but mm -hmm. I got it for um, a, a price that I thought was fair enough. Right. But those things are notorious for, um, the, the shutter, like, basically, like, crashing. Like, think of, like, a garage door, like, yeah. hitting something and then, like, getting smashed. Yeah. That is what the shutter usually does on the A7 III. Mm -hmm. And so I was terrified to buy a used one, but I did it, and it's been fine. Granted, I don't probably use both cameras like what most people who just do photography. Right. Um, would use it as so that's that's really the problem is people who are constantly using their camera right that's when they run into like a shutter issue but i'm hardly ever using it so it's not that big of a deal um as far as like you know mechanical issues right but um yeah i mean it's it's all about like spending the money that you can you know don't go in ridiculous debt yeah definitely don't don't go into debt doing anything it's it's not going to be worth it if you can't actually afford it and pay it off if you can afford it and you know, you have the option to do a payment plan. I'm all for payment plans, um, you know, depending on what they are. I try not to have, you know, nine million different payment plans going yeah, on yeah. at once because then that shit gets overwhelming. But um, like I, I am doing a payment plan on the computer and that's really good for me because it's like $230 a month or something, right? So I'm like, cool. Use the Apple card. Yeah. Dude, that thing is amazing. It is. I love that <laughs> card. That card is phenomenal. It's it's great. Yeah, I I got approved for that. Um I have good credit. I have I have a lot of lines of credit. I keep getting more of them for <laughs> for various reasons. I got a freaking um it's like a Dodge credit card or something hmm. 2 weeks ago uh when I when one of my tires was flat and the tire 
So I knew it was flat when I went out to my car, but um, there's a gas station like a mile down the road from me. And I was like, cool, like I'm going to, you know, I was like, it's, it's pretty flat. But we're going to, you know, drive with the flashers on down the road and we're going to put some air in it. And then we're going to go straight to a dealership and get it looked at or whatever. Well, I got about half, like half a mile down the road and it started making like an extra funny noise. So mm. I pulled over and looked at it and the tire was like starting to shred. Oh, like we're starting man. to like fall <laughs> apart. And I was like, cool. So we call a tow truck now. <laughs> I was like, all right, we call mom. We call the dealership because I have a foreign car. I have a Fiat. Yeah. Um, so with my car, my lovely car, I literally love my car it's the best um her name is fiona fiona the fiat um i since it's foreign i have to you know there's weird sizes on everything like it's an Uh, italian car like i have to order windshield wiper blades off of amazon dang (laughs) because like um autozone like no one carries them they're a weird size yeah um so anyway so when that happened i called my mom first off not I mean, I called her to kind of be like, so I know I need to call the tow truck. And like, I could figure out how to do that through the State Farm app. Like, okay. that's not exactly why I called you. I called you to see if you, <laughs> I called you to see if you can come pick my ass up off the side of the road when I'm dealing with this because, in because I'm on the side of the road now. Like, I left my apartment. I'm half a mile from my apartment. I probably should have not even tried to venture out and just call the tow truck to the apartment. But it's fine. I didn't do that. And now I messed it up further. And, you know, it is what it is. Um, but she told me, she was like, go ahead and call the dealership because you're going to have it towed to the dealership and see if they have the tires because you know they're a weird size. And I was like, that's smart. That's relevant. Yes. So I called the dealership and they did not have the tires, but they <laughs> but they got them. Um, and anyway, they I, I knew that I needed two tires um, just based on like, just I, ha- I have... There were two tires on my car that had been there since I got the car, which is fine. Um, but I knew that they needed to be replaced soon. And, like, that's something that I was already, like, you know, preparing for. I was like, probably the next time I take this car in for an oil change or something, we need to go ahead and and get these new tires, get at least two of them, whatever. Um, so I was like, cool. Now I officially need one. We're going to go ahead and do two. And then they were like, oh, if you buy three, you get the fourth one for a dollar. And I was like... Okay, whatever. <laughs> I was like, I was like, is it? I I don't know. I talked to them for a minute. You know, I was like, is it really matter that much? Like the tread on the tire is going to be different. They're going to be different brands of tires. Like you know, they're like, I mean, it might drive. They're like, I mean, it's going to drive better if you have you know, yeah, the whole set and blah yeah. blah. And I was like, all right, screw it, run it. Let's just go ahead and get the full set, yeah. whatever. Um, and then they told me that I could get a credit card and like put them on a payment plan or whatever. And I was like, I like that. I was like, that's fun. So I don't (laughs) have to come off of it. It ended up being $900. I was like, cool. So I don't have to come off of $900 today. I can just get this credit card and do a payment plan. Beautiful. I like that even better. So yeah. So I did not go like into debt (laughs) or anything with these tires, um, with the payment plans. So payment plans are amazing and I love them and having a good credit score is definitely important so that you can do things like that because that ended Absolutely. up like for a lot of people that would have been like a complete crisis like oh my gosh i'm out nine hundred dollars this weekend but for me i was like i'm not out any money and i'm about to get on a plane to chicago and my car has four new tires and like i'll get this credit card when i come back in the mail and i'll deal with it then yeah exactly like i i had to explain to my wife about that kind of stuff i'm like look 
Credit cards are amazing if you use them correctly. Yes, you was, have to use them correctly. Yeah, I was like, um, I was actually watching some video and some guy was talking about how the debit card is the worst invention for finance finances because really? it's it comes straight out of your account and you get nothing for it. That's but true. A credit card, you it comes, it goes to a account. And you don't lose the money immediately. So if you need some time to build up money, you can. And then also, it builds your credit. It does all that for you. A a debit card, just we take your money and that's it. Yeah, like that's what I was thinking about with the tires. I was like, cool, $900. I have, you know, like especially with doing the payment plans, I don't know exactly what they're broken down into because I got the card in the mail the other day, but I didn't activate it or figure out how to like set up the online account and stuff. Cause I don't know. I just, I looked at it and I was like, cool, future Erica problem. I'm going to do that in a couple <laughs> days. I was like, I know that payment's not due right this second. Cause it's only been like two weeks. This card hasn't even reported on my credit file yet. We're good. They're not going to do anything. I'll deal with that later. Um, but yeah, I was thinking about that. I was like, this is great. Like I did not just come off $900 right now. Like we're good. We're fine. We're going to do payment plans later. Yeah. We're going to deal with it later. I like if I didn't have the $900 right this second, that's cool because I know that whatever the payment plan is going to be, it's over, it's zero interest over six months. So if you break that down, it's like what, $150 a month or whatever for $900? You make $150 a month easy in extra to pay for that. <laughs> yeah. In a shoot, sell a painting, sell a couple prints. Like yeah. we're good. Move on with our lives. Yeah. So. Um, so going back to your gear, I'm interested. You said you use like a 35 mil, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, gosh, what is her Sam? Shoot, I can't remember her Instagram names, but um, I had a girl on my podcast. Her name is Samantha, but I don't remember um, her Instagrams or stuff like that. But anyways, mm-hmm. so um, she was talking about she likes a 24 for portraits, and I was like. Yeah interesting because most people are using like 85 and above um and you're using 35 so what what do you like about that um i like the crispness of 35 that 35 1.4 is sharp as hell yeah that bokeh is nice (laughs) yes it is um i like how wide it is um so that i can you know take the full body shots really easily um Get up closer as well for the close-ups. I mean, I don't have an 85. I have a nifty 50, but honestly, I haven't used that since I got the 35. I got Mm. the 35 in December of 2020, and I have hardly used another lens since, (laughs) to be honest, unless I've rented something um, and have just played around with other things. Because like I said, I do want other glass. I want to buy other lenses. I just don't know what else I want or need. Um, An 85 is kind of like an obvious next step. I like zoom lenses and I haven't had a zoom lens since I got the 5D. Um, So I want to find one of those that I really like, um, but I haven't found one yet for what I want to use it for, for Mm. my cool bridge pictures um, and just in general. Um, My favorite, favorite lens probably... um, 
Well, the 35 is definitely a favorite, um, but I really, really loved my 18 to 135. That was for my 70D. Dang, it's a crop lens. Yes, it's a crop lens, and um, or it's for the crop sensor camera, so mm. I can't use it. There are no adapters. There is no way for me to put it on the 5D, and it literally Dang. kills me. Um, it's not the sharpest lens by any means, but. I use that for so long. Like, I know how to use it. I know how to finesse it. I know how to do a lot of really cool, fun tricks with it. Mm. And I can't do them unless I'm using the 70D. Yeah. Um, which, of course, is of lesser quality than the 5D. Um, but I still pull that thing out so that I can use that lens. I'm like, I'm, I'm forever going to have this camera so that I can use this one lens that I cannot use with anything else. And... There aren't any lenses for the 5D that are comparable to that that have that focal length that are anywhere near that region of the focal length. Yeah. So it's been kind of frustrating for me and is part of the reason I haven't bought um, a zoom lens yet because I'm like, none of them are the freaking 18 to 135 like I want them to be. Like yeah. I don't understand why there's not an adapter for that lens. I wish they would make an adapter for it. Yeah. Because that's... Um, like the 70Ds, I always tell people when they ask me, like, what's a good, you know, camera to start out with? I'm like, that line. Like, they're up yeah. to a 90D right now. I'm like, that's solid. That's a mid-level camera. Don't do a Rebel. That's, you're going to waste uh, your money on that shit. Like, do the 70D. But then, like I said, I'm I'm like, I feel like I'm setting you up for failure in some way because you're going to. You're going to fall in love with this lens, potentially, or you're going to, you know, that's the kit lens. That's what comes with that camera. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's what you're going to be using for a while. And then if you choose to upgrade it, you're going to be like me. We're going to be like, well, damn, now I can't use this lens anymore. <laughs> this kind of sucks. This is the only lens I've been rocking with for the past two or three years or however long it's been. So, yeah. I miss that lens. Yeah, I currently have, um, so... I have a uh, 24 millimeter that's at 1.4, I think, uh, mm -hmm. for Sony. And then it's the Sony G Master. Nice. And then I've got two Sigma Art 24 to 70s, uh, mm -hmm. 2.8s. Yeah. And I love those lenses. Like that 24 to 70 is amazing for videos, photos, whatever. Yeah. But I do want to get either an 85. Or um, Sony has that seventy to two hundred, and Those then the seventy to two hundreds are amazing. They're big. They're they're they big are lens. giant. They yeah. are <laughs> heavy as hell. I yeah. love it though. I yeah. rented one of those um, for the first time around this time last year, like spring last year. Mm. It was taking all types of pictures of flowers with that lens, and I was like, oh my god, I want it. Oh my God, I can only hold this thing for like 10 minutes at a time. It is killing me. It is yeah. crushing my hands, my whole body. Like, ugh, it's insane. If, if you are watching the podcast, the, um, the, seven, the yeah, 70 to 200 is probably about as big as my forearm. Like, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's a big lens. It's massive and it is heavy as hell. Yeah. I, I think that. You know, once once you figure out like what certain lenses do, and then you figure out like what you do, that's when you can like you know 
focus in on like what equipment you really need because some yeah. people what they end up doing is just buying stuff that they don't even need and they don't use it and then so it's just sitting around exactly and then other people are like well i can get by with just this or that and it's like yeah you can but you're also diminishing what your creativity and what you could be doing so right there are so many so many different things you can get, so many different routes to take. Um, I know for me, sometimes that stuff gets overwhelming and I'm just kind of like, eh, I can rock with the 35. That works for me right now. I'm just going to stick with that because I don't really know what else is out there. Um, but I I love renting lenses and just and playing around with stuff every mm. now and then just to go, okay, what, what else is out there? What else could I do? Yeah. Because definitely, you know, you want to keep growing. You don't want to just stay exactly where you're at with with anything, with your gear, with your life, with what you're creating. You want to keep evolving and moving forward. Yeah. Or most people do anyway. Some people get really comfortable doing one thing. They're like, nope, I'm fine. I'll just stay here. I'll just be a wedding photographer with my <laughs> 24 to 70. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's all I got going for me. Yeah. So what are some things that you're working on? Uh, I know you said in April that you've got your uh, pay as you go, but uh, or pay what you can. Yeah. Uh, what What are some other things that you're working on? Oh, there are so many things. <laughs> there are always so many things going on with me. Um, I am I'm working on figuring out, uh, pinpointing my style with photography and with videography. Um, you got like presets in Lightroom or anything like that? Yes, uh, kind of what I have, I've been struggling with this for a while because it, I mean, it takes a while to find your style. Like I know yeah. certain things about me and about, you know, my pictures. Like if you look at my page, shit is colorful as hell. It's it is, vibrant. It is. Like that's always going to be there. That's never going to go away. But um, I feel like every time, and I don't hate this by any means, but I feel like there needs to be some consistency. That's my word for 2022 is consistency. Okay. Um, my word for 2021 was grace. And I gave myself a lot of grace with that computer and with how inefficient in a lot of ways things were run. Yeah. Um, so consistency is the word for this year. Um, so I'm trying to figure out exactly like what my style is with everything, how, like, how to shoot consistently. Like, not just, like, oh, I want to take pictures every single week. It's like, okay, how to, like, how to make the settings, like, line up correctly. Because I keep looking at things and I keep talking to people. Um, <laughs> and I they kind of keep telling me this the same little things, right? They're like, you have to, you have to shoot in the same way. Like every time you shoot, like not the same poses, but just like, you know, keeping the settings like generally kind of the same or keeping not like not like keeping the settings the same, like not like just strictly being like iOS is yeah. or ISO is 200. Like, that's it. Like, don't change that. Like, no, you can change that. But if you're going to change that for certain things, like you have to, you know, you want to come out of a shoot with everything in the camera roll, like generally looking the same. You don't want to have some stuff that's super blown out and some that's dark and some that's this way and some that's that way. Which I don't necessarily do, um, but I, I, I understand what they're saying, though, with keeping, you know, like everything consistent when you're shooting and then also consistent when you're editing. And I don't necessarily do that. Okay. I, sh I kind of feel like I show up to everything and like I know what I'm doing. I know how to work the camera. I know how to edit pictures. Um, but there are just so many different ways that you can do everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I get kind of lost in that. I get mm. lost in the, 
I can edit the picture this way and this way and this way. Which one's the best? Which one do I like the most? And then, I, and then I'm sitting there like, I don't know, because I like them all for different reasons. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to really nail that down. So I'm watching videos on YouTube. I am playing with editing, um, going back and editing old sessions again. I'm figuring out, you know, just what, just overall, like what I want everything to look like so that I can present a more, you know, solid portfolio to people. Like, you know, if you were to book me now for a photo shoot, you know that you're going to get colorful pictures. They're going to be vibrant. They're going to be fun like you know certain things about them mm. but um i mean when you look at well one when you look at my instagram page because i don't just do photography you're not just gonna see picture after picture after picture of couples and all this stuff that yeah. you know are all edited the same but i feel like if you go down my page like you're if you're really paying attention like you can see the little the subtle differences and go oh that one's more light and kind of airy and that one's almost like a little bit more vintagey like mm. the colors are different between that one and that one and that one is like just really bright and vibrant and you know um so i'm trying to you know pinpoint that a little bit more um get my style more consistent more defined more let's get a vision on that because i'm kind of I've had fun playing around with everything. I'm kind of tired of like of playing around with everything though because I drive myself crazy when I do that. And that's something that I've done since I started doing photography like eight years ago. Like mm. I have always taken one picture and edited it like nine different ways and then just sat there and looked at everything and been like, well, I don't know, man. They're all cool. <laughs> Should I just, you know, post this one picture in these nine different edits? I mean... I might as well because yeah. I don't know which one I like the best. <laughs> well, with the feature of like Instagram, you know, you can scroll through them and see the different ones or, you know, Facebook, they've got like the collage of stuff. And so your thing yeah. might be like, hey, everybody, which one looks better? You know, you can give them details on like what you were thinking with the different edits and stuff like that. And yeah. That gives your, gives your post like an interaction type feel to it. So. Yeah. That might be something that needs to happen sooner rather than later. Um so we'll see. I might end up doing that. Um, but yeah, I'm working on that, working on the consistency, um, working on, I feel like overall I'm just working on my style with everything right now. Like I said, I know certain things about it, um, but things could, things could be better. Things could be more consistent. I could have more clarity on everything. So that goes for photography, videography, painting, um, just everything across the board. Just got to get more consistent with it all and i also have plenty of ideas for new things that i want to do mm. <laughs> and try um i want to and i am going to add film photography back into mm. things that i do back into my offerings um i really 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 want to do that i really want to get back in a dark room so i'm about to figure out who the heck around memphis or nashville i can go back up to well, maybe go back up to my college. Um, I went to Belmont in Nashville um, for college and they have a dark room. So I need to email like the head of the art department and see if they would let a, let a good alumni come back and use yeah, the yeah. dark room again for some stuff. Um, see what else? I want to start my own podcast, actually. Really? Okay. Yes, I, haven't, I have ideas for that. So that might be happening sooner rather than later. Um, but we'll see because I've already 
feel like I have enough on my plate and I keep wanting to add more things on, which isn't a bad thing, but I need to need to get the first couple things like really, really solid first before I dive off into these other projects. So that's yeah. kind of where I'm at right now. Just gotta gotta get everything it's more consistent. Awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah. let's go ahead and wrap this up. Um, yeah. get, let everybody have all your info, how they can reach you, and um, yeah, give them everything. Yeah. Um, so my name is Erica Haskett. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, all social medias um, at Erica Haskett Studio. Um, I'm based in Memphis. I'll travel anywhere that you guys want me to travel. Um, I do painting, photography, and videography. Um yeah, my website is just my name. It's ericahaskett.com. Um, I think that's everything. Do I need to tell them anything else? You're, uh, you got your April 7th? Yes, it? April 7th. Um, we're doing pay what you can photo shoots. Um, you can sign up on my website or you can find me online, send me a DM, and I will send you the link to get everything set up. Yeah, I've, I've been really bad about uh, releasing these. Like, it's been horrible. I, it's, it's completely on me. Um, I usually try to do one a week, but I recently started paying my wife to book podcasts. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, you, I'm, I'm going to pay you, but you have to like, you know, book me a bunch of podcasts. And she did. And, and then you've fallen behind on yeah. posting them. <laughs> <laughs> that was the funny part. Like, I wasn't used to doing this many. So now I've got like, I probably have over 20 podcasts that I still need to release. Right. And as I said, I was doing one a week, like, well, releasing one a week. So that would give me 20 weeks that I, I could just release podcasts and not do one. So right. I think I'm going to, um, I might bump this one up just because you've got that April event. I messed right. up on, um, Dominic. Um, I can't think of his last name. Middleton. Uh, he, uh, he does like, um, He's big into comics, and mm-hmm. he was actually featured on the front of a Marvel comic. What? Yeah, yeah. He had a friend, I think, that lived in New York or something, and he was Dude, like, "Hey, he was like, hey, can crazy. I draw you as a superhero?" He's like, "Yeah, sure." And um, so he like drew him as like a, a certain superhero, like I guess it was like Captain Marvel or something like that. I can't remember. Excuse me if I think Captain Marvel was supposed to be like a female. Then it was like a it was a male and then a female or something like that. Yeah. But um, yeah. He ended up doing that, and then his friend was like, "Oh yeah, by the way, you're on the cover of <laughs> this issue." He was like, "What?" So I, I messed up because I did I did the podcast with him a while back, and then I think he already came out, and we talked about it on the podcast. So, right. but yeah, I need to start just go ahead and dumping these, like putting them out for everybody. So, but um, easier yeah. said than done. Yes. With yes. with everything, <laughs> it's so easy to create stuff, and then completely forget to share it with anyone <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely well all right uh it's great having you on thank you so much yeah and, thank uh, you for having me it's been fun awesome all right well thank you for everybody for tuning in and we'll see you next time